Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Always Almost There, day after show live. We're here. Today is Wednesday, June 28th, and we are here to talk about Goose's latest visit to Show Ohio. How are you, Neil? I'm doing all right, man. It's, uh, it's the eve of my first Goose show since March, right? It's in March. Is that what yeah. it was? Man, it's a wicked long months. time ago. I'm super stoked to go to Peach tomorrow. I'm super stoked to see you at Peach tomorrow. I'm super stoked to see maybe some friends at Peach tomorrow. I don't know who's going to be there. Uh, I know some people who just have dipped at the last minute, and I'm disappointed in those people. You know who you are. Uh, but yeah, super stoked about all of this. It's uh, it's going to be three Goose shows over the next week or so. And man, I couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more excited. It's going to be... It's going to be an amazing, amazing weekend. Uh, I'm so excited to, you know, get down there tomorrow and see Goose. You know, it's only been a month for me, but still feels like a really long time after seeing them 17 times in the span of two months. Um, <laughs> you know, but that, but that's how these things go. Uh, we've got two great guests. Yes, we've got two great guests uh, who are waiting in the green room uh, that they requested. Um, and they're, we're going to bring them on now. We've got uh, Jeff and we've got Mike. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hey, hey. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Thanks right. for having us on. Yeah. Thank you for being here. For those of you who don't know, uh, we are very honored to have the mayor of Ohio making his debut uh, on Always Almost There today. Uh, very, very exciting. Now, we do have um, some requests uh, from the chat for, for James. Uh, oh, so we'll go queue him up. We will queue him up in a moment. All right, fantastic. He's with mommy right now. We will get him, Anna. Good, good. We're looking forward to the James uh, Morosky pod debut for sure. Well, let's talk about last night's show uh, a little bit. First thoughts, Mike, as you're getting into the the venue, setting up where you were, what the vibes were like pre-show. Sure. Uh, Vibes are always good. This feels like a home venue to me. You know, I saw, I think I saw the first year it was open. I saw panic. I actually fell asleep because I had too much fun in the lot beforehand. I was younger. I don't do that anymore. Uh, I stay away for the shows. I've seen Sturgill. I've seen Trey, Primus, uh, White Zombie, Rob Zombie. Anyway, so I love the venue. I always feel comfortable there. Uh, we got there right before showtime, so it was nice and cool for us to get up, find a spot, um, Pete's side in the lawn, layout vibes were good. People were happy, handing out slaps. Um, and it's just, you know. Any, any show in Ohio feels like a home show. So I was biased in that sense. It felt great. It felt great to see Goose there uh, for the first time, you know. Love it. Love it. Jeff, what about you? What your vibe pre-show, where you ended up? Uh, yeah, so I hadn't been to this place a bunch like Mike had. I've been kind of wanting to go here, uh, but it was uh, – it, it, this was my first time finally checking it out, and I wound – up in the back of 
the pit, you know, maybe like 12 people back from the stage. Dead hung out there all night. It was a great spot. Awesome. Love it. Sounds like a great spot. Neil, how were you feeling last night going into this show? You know, fantasy picks were a little hard yesterday, as we discussed on the pod on Monday. Um, and, yep. you know, everything played last night is off the table for Peach. So how, how are you feeling going into it? Well, I was feeling going into the show like I had no idea what they were going to play. Yep. And I was excited that the show was so early. Because last night, I mean, man, I love like a good properly slotted two-set East Coast time zone show. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, man, it's been like early. You wake up fresh the next day. I feel fresh right now. Uh, Because of that, I'm so excited. So, And you're ready to run yourself into the ground for four days. That is absolutely what I'm about to do. I can't wait to see what I look like at the end of all that. Um, it's going to be a wonderful, great. wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, I haven't done like a four-day fest in really long well, time. Well, we will uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, going into yeah. this show, you know, obviously, as I said, like everything they played last night is not getting played tomorrow. So, you know, kind of hard to see, you know, especially the opener. But it was really interesting – as this show unfolded, especially because of what we talked about on the pod on uh, on Monday, there, there was a lot that, that transpired as this show unfolded. And, and before we get into the, the set list specifics, your point about the the well-timed East Coast show, yeah. shout out to Goose's clock management last night. You know, yeah. they, they, went yeah, on, yeah. they went on, what, 20 minutes after ticket time? Yeah. Um, and it was a pretty pretty lengthy two set show with a, you know, 12, 13 minute encore. Like they yep. did really well. I don't yep. know if it, if it felt that way at the venue as well, but yep. I was really happy with how that panned out on the couch, especially with a long first set. Yeah. The, the, the cadence of it. Uh, I'm a cadence guy for, you know, and playing music and maybe that's what it is. Right. I mean, Ryan, I know you get this, you know, the way you learn the, the rhythm, the time, everything, and like translating that to a show writ large. And last night was so cool. And it's like, I had time to mess around with Lucas Anderton at set break and say hi to Cofield and run around with James. And then they were right back out. I mean, the set break wasn't long either. Um, and I think a guy in the elevator, my hotel put it best. I got in the elevator and he looked at me and goes, well, that was an enjoyable way to spend three hours. <laughs> Cause it was like, it was, but I, I think he was alluding though to this point, right? That it was just, it was very clearly this perfectly timed yeah. um, performance. Yeah. Jeff, did you feel that as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, Pretty good clock management. You know, they started, you know, 15, 20 minutes after after showtime, which is pretty much on time for Goose. And, uh, yeah, I mean, set break was only about 20 minutes. You know, they, they yeah. really crammed in some you mm-hmm. know, maximum music for the Columbus market, which, you know, I mean, they clearly love the Cincinnati, Columbus, Louisville area. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a cool vibe at the show. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the show. Uh, let's start off with our first few songs here. We have a switching opener, uh, followed by Honeybee, yes. first one since the last yeah. Ohio show in Cleveland in March, and then Atlas Dogs. Jeff, take us through these first three songs. How are you feeling? What were the vibes? I, I mean, you know, when when switching started up, I heard the first note, and you know, I I, I was respectful of a ten second delay, but then I immediately started harassing Neil because you know switching. <laughs> Uh, and you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was my first time seeing one, and it, I mean, it was great. You know, little West Montgomery ditty, some boogaloo type music, and and it was just a lot of fun. And uh, you know, Honeybee, I didn't think it hit quite the same heights as the one in Cleveland did. So you know, the, the one in Cleveland actually, I mean, it went off at the end. Uh, now you can say what you will about the placement of that honeybee and where it showed up in right. the show. The <laughs> placement for this honeybee was fine. You know? Like like sh- song number two in a kind of long songy set, good spot for a honeybee if you're going to play it. Coach got to come out and do his rain stick thing, and you know, vibes were high. You know, the 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 live crowd loves a honeybee, and uh, you know what it uh, and, and then what came after that again? Atlas dogs. Uh, yes, yeah. and then so, Atlas dogs. Yeah. So that felt like a bust out, like so many other songs in the show were, which I know we'll get to, even though it really wasn't a bust out. I think that was like a six, seven show gap. But mm-hmm. uh, in the one before that was maybe a little more of a bust out. But uh, shout out to Shawnee Mac, who called that as the opener. 
and they and almost got it as the opener. And then and, and then Matt for Math called the flea as an opener and didn't get that as an opener, but also got that. There we go. Yeah. Nice. Mike, how are you feeling? Uh, Shortly after. Three, switching so, yeah, I, 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 I was dogs. with the, the two of those guys and some others for most of the show. Mike, how are you feeling on these first three songs? I felt that yeah, I don't have much different, quite frankly, than Jeff. You know, Honeybee was it looked like was planned as the opener, right? On that, I think, and then mm-hmm. and then they threw in the the switch in, which that's a perfect spot for that, in my opinion. And it was super cool. And it's like, oh, they're back in Ohio because in I, what I've at least noticed, it feels like all the shows in Ohio, both sets are like completely different. Maybe that's just me. Whether it was Cleveland last year, New Year's, they like they're two like distinct sets um Mm -hmm. and this one it made sense with this kind of like you know punchy sort of opener and then an upbeat honeybee which i agree with jeff didn't go quite as hard in the jam sense but i always i like the song i think it's fun and then an atlas dog's cool for me was my first one um oh nice so yeah so that was really cool and it felt like something fresh um but sean i got sean in the second set he was with me the second set I mean, you can look at my set list book because uh, he was calling stuff too with me and he was almost right a couple times and I wrote it down. I trusted him, but my set list book is messed up because of Sean. And you can see I put a note in the book if you enlarge the picture and I blame him for it. So hello, Sean. We have- yeah, don't <laughs> trust all the hashtag, people. Hashtag blame Shawnee. If you're still taking set lists with a pen and a book like me, yeah. <laughs> if you still do that, don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I thought it was a great way to start the show. I love it. Yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, I, I love that they keep audibling, switching. You know, this is the second time this year. Um, second, right? Yep. It, it, they played it in Madison was the other time. I'm, I'm not doubting myself. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, the Honeybee, um, you know, your, your point about Jeff, your point about the placement, I think this is the ideal spot for a Honeybee if you're playing it in a show. You know, warm summer evening, you know, nice, gentle song, um, rain stick action. You know, let, let, coach, let, coach, let coach stick. If you will, um, and Atlas Dogs, uh, and Atlas Dogs is always fun. You know, it's still hoping this one gets gets jammed out again soon. You know, it, we're, yeah. you know, the last one that was jammed out was in October. It's been a little while. Yeah. It, well, it's it's the you know it hasn't been good since the first. Well, not has been good. It hasn't been as good as the first one since the first one. The second um, one. Second one. Sorry, the second one, um, which was what Portland. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, man. Atlas dogs always good. Uh, like, Switching. I I want to like take this opportunity to thank all the people who reached out to me with thoughts, thoughts <laughs> uh, um, and prayers. Opener. <laughs> like the amount of notifications that I got when that started was like kind of hilarious, and it's just really funny that that this switching thing has like I don't know somehow become attached to me, and like when people hear switching, they immediately think of me. But. Uh, that is, I don't know. It's always, it's a killer one to open. It's opened some serious heat shows, and uh, you know, this is like another another example of that, right? They came out and they said we're going to do something different at the show, and I think we talked about this before the show started. But I saw there two ways this show was going to go, mm-hmm. and we were talking when Happy was talking about what he thought they they were going to play. He had all of these songs that hadn't been played in forever. And we were like, dude, you specifically, Ryan, were saying like, that that's a really good guess as to what they might play tonight. Yeah. Even though it's it. really, really gutsy, nailed it. Mm-hmm. It was just all songs. And this was kind of the indication of that, right? So you get like kind of a bust out in, it's actually like pretty short gap for um, switch in, but then you get like a giant, in goose terms, right? I feel like yeah. I have to qualify I mean, a 29, a 29 show gap for Honeybee. That's the, again, first of many biggest in the songs history gaps of the night right and you know i took some heat for that last night saying like these are huge gaps which like people who are fans of fans have been around for 25 30 years um and more kind of found that to be laughable but you know in in goose terms relatively these Mm -hmm. are giant bust outs for them of original songs that they once wore out right we talked about this at the end of the last podcast uh, which and I we listed know, a bunch of ago, songs. <laughs> we listed almost all of these songs and said, it's been, you know, this amount of shows since this song and this amount of shows since this song and this amount of shows. And it just seems crazy because they have so many songs these days. And then here they all are all at once, um, which is what a treat, man. It's, it's so exciting. And I'm sure we're going to come back to this point 
a bunch as we talk about the show, but the honeybee and the switching were kind of the first indication of that. Absolutely. So let me get into uh, the center of this set, and I'm going to let Mike talk about his his name for this segment here. But we've got Jive Two, Time to Flee, Jive Lee. Mike, start us off. <laughs> the, the 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 time to Lee. Uh, it's uh, wild, uh, wild. And the Jive Two was so welcomed after the first three. I mean, I was dancing and bobbing, and then I started rocking. And Jive Two is one of my favorite goose tunes. It's one of my first favorite goose tunes. I think back to my first favorite fish tune in 93 or 94 is Stash. And whenever I hear Stash, I feel like I remember when I fell in love with uh, fish. It's kind of how I feel when I hear Jive 2 and a couple others. Mm-hmm. So that was really special for me. And they had, of course, played it in Cleveland when they did the trilogy. Um, and just like in Cleveland and just like when they play in Ohio, for whatever reason, they do these wild things. <laughs> just trying to flee into that Jive Lee, which was perfectly placed as a burner right there like i used to teach english for 10 years the five paragraph essay and if each set has five paragraphs or the third paragraph right at jive lee just boom and it was almost like time to flee was this like intro like foreplay long time with boston right mm. like jive jive lee or uh time to flee was reduced to this not reduced right because it worked great it works great but you know this like little teaser and then bam it was really cool i thought it was a really cool segment those three and james was dancing around pretty good uh and he'll tell you about it maybe Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll see what we get out of him. Yeah, okay. uh, Jeff, what did you think of the the time to Lee? The, the time to Lee is, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> the like official that. name. Yeah. Yeah. Time to Lee. Listen, yeah. you, you had the you had the Cleveland Califecta. Now we've the, got yeah. the now we've got the time to Lee. Look at this. It, it's like the namers of these weird Ohio jive suites are are on this <laughs> pod today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I was also in Cleveland, and uh, yeah. Much like that was cool. I was noticing a lot of similarities between the two shows. And, you know, I, I really wasn't expecting a Lee at all this show for some reason, but they did the two. And, you know, and then when they weren't doing Lee, it was like, oh, all right, makes sense. And, and when they started playing Flea, I was very excited because that was another, you know, in relative terms, bust out. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help. Even though it really worked, I felt a little bit gypped me, me mm-hmm. like not getting the big triumphant peak and flee, you know, like that to me, that is time to flee like that big Rick guitar line that starts the jam and then, you know, ends the jam at the end of the song. So I was mm-hmm. really looking forward to soaring a little bit there. Uh, but, you know, we didn't get that part of the song. We got the, you know, the EP version and it worked really well with what it was trying to do so you know and and that lee was so good that you know within about three minutes of it i was i I had forgotten all about what we didn't get in flea and you know i I think by the end of the show i was wondering like did they play that part of flea or not i can't even remember (laughs) (laughs) who knows at this point right yeah that that lee was that lee was awesome you know clav tweets were had uh mike i i think you beat me because you were at the show and so it happened before oh, yeah you know um but you know i i like to see everyone getting involved in the clav tweets yeah uh, it's very nice fun. you know twitter twitter might restrict your ability to to do certain <laughs> things if you do it too much um but this lead was awesome you know peter just attacking the keyboards uh at the beginning you know his whirly patch on the nord and the clav and j- just going absolutely crazy you know i was i was curious as it unfolded and we got into a little more of an adventurous jam segment, I was curious if they were going to find their way back to the ending. Cause you know, we heard a lot of unfinished exploratory jive Lees in 2022. Um, but you know, they found their way back. It was solid like 14, 15 minutes, really excellently, really amazing first set jam. And yeah, as you said, Jeff, I was a little bit upset at the beginning um, to not be getting that flea jam. Cause I was looking for like, great, you know, we're four or five songs in time for the first, you know, first big jam um but by the time that lee was unfolding um you know i wasn't worried anymore yeah quality lee that was the first big jam of the show and the whole tone of the night changed at that point you know i mean they they kept on with some similar themes but uh yeah you know they locked in there and stayed locked in the rest of the night i thought Mm -hmm. 100 percent, neil yeah i mean Jive Lee is too good of a song to go more than 20 shows without being played. Uh, and 
yeah, dude, this one was really, really good. It had a really awesome jam at the end of it. You know, we've said this before. What I love about Jive Lee is that you just get every moment that Jive Lee is played, you are getting a jam. Yeah. So there's there's no getting through a song to get to a jam. Not saying that the songs are bad, but that is one of the beauties of Jive Lee is like you are going straight into funk and then beyond, right? Right. Like it was it was around the same length as the drip field, but had like double the length of improvisation in it because drip field has like eight minutes of song. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, and this one's pretty special. It has a really, really familiar jam in it that I could not put my finger on uh, last night or today. You know, I, I spent about 20 yes. minutes trying to figure out where I heard it before mm-hmm. and I couldn't, and I will, and I'll tweet about it when I do, because I'm not going to give Thanks. up on this, but um, it is a really cool jam. It's definitely a familiar jam. Don't remember what it is yet. If anybody knows, you know, by let all means know. put in a comment, 100%. please let us know. Uh, but Free yeah, me from this prison was... of being a nerd. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, so, this is this is where it. I started to realize that the set list that I feared would happen was, happening. was going to happen. And it was all happening in a moment. And then that's when I started tweeting about it, where I was like, hmm, something's happening. And started tweeting about like all of the song gaps that were happening in, in the show. And yeah, I, I love the way that they did the, you know, the, the flea and then jump right out of it into the lead. And uh, I wonder after that if we're going to see flea reappear at another show and then i wonder if there will be a debate on whether or not it is a flea prize but this has been done before this this was done in 2020 if i'm not yes. mistaken yes october 2020 and... they they played it on 10 15 they teased it on 10 17 then they finished it on 10 19 right and so i wonder if that's what's happening here but in any case it you know the great injustice was was solved. We got Jive to Jive Lee and uh, Time to Flee. Those are three songs that should never go away for that long. Um, yet I do feel a little bit bummed that there was no Time to Flee jam, which Time to Flee does jam. You can say what you will about how you feel about the song, but the jam is always good. It's never bad. And there are times where some of my favorite goose jamming is in that song. So I'm curious to see what happens. Maybe it shows up tomorrow night. Maybe not. Maybe it shows up at Resonance. You just don't know. We uh, shall see. But I do like the set list trickery. It's, it's fun. And that's another kind of example of what was happening at the show. The band clearly was having a blast. I don't think I've ever seen Ben look that happy. And he usually looks really happy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man. All cool stuff. Yeah, it was great. And then, so obviously, you know, after Lee, and, and we're starting to realize, and we're, and we're looking at the list of songs that we talked about on the pod on Monday, and so obviously the next song was The Old, Man boat, the old Man's Boat. It was never going to be anything else at this point. You know, It, it had to be Boat. Um, again, longest gap in Lee's history, followed by the longest gap in, in Old Man's Boat's history. Um, and this boat is so cool. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, as I said before we hit record, this isn't going on my playlist. But I'm going to listen to this a lot because this jam is so cool. You know, Peter playing with that arpeggiator uh, on the synth, just laying into those textures. And I'm so jealous that you got to experience that live. You know, I talked about the, the how Honeybee fits on a warm summer evening. I'm yeah. just thinking about those kind of tones on a warm summer evening at an outdoor yeah. show. Like, must have been insane. Jeff, what, what were you feeling during this boat? I mean, vibes were high. Vibes were high. Uh, it, it, I I like boat. You know, I like the the first part of the song, and I always love the jam. And it with this one, I mean, for those of you who haven't heard it yet, before even going into the jam, things just kind of blanked out, and then there was just a like a little bit of loud silence that then had a little bit of arpeggiator start to trickle through, and Peter started kind of doing some weird things with the synths and the arpeggiator. And then all of a sudden, you know, Trevor, you know, Rick started strumming and Trevor started to come in with that bass line. And I was like, okay, yeah, they're really doing this. And and within about five seconds of that all locking together, I just had this epiphany where I was like, where has this been the entire history of the song? Because this works and this is perfect. 
And they should have been doing this all along. And I want yeah. to see it like this again. I, I've heard words like <laughs> workshopping being tossed around against old man's boat. You know, people have mentioned that that song got workshopped by the band or something. And if this was the end result of that workshop, I'm here for it because that was just a great vibe. And it took an amazing jam and it just made it that much more fun and swimmy and kind of head trippy. And, yeah. and it really, it opened the floodgates of the arpeggiator for later in the night. And we'll get back to that some more. hundred <laughs> percent. Mike, what were your thoughts on this boat? I loved it. I always loved this song and they played it. Uh, the other interesting thing to me was they played it in Cleveland the year before. Right. So a lot of these songs had been like in Cleveland and now they're in these new orders with this other. So that was kind of going on in my head. And then for me personally, so, uh, you know, Katie and James had just left and I had just jammed really, really hard. And I've run like 70 miles the past two days and I hadn't sat down yet. But so that came on and I sat, I laid down on the We're ground not worthy. <laughs> and I looked up at the sky and I was feeling good. And I was feeling more like myself then than I was earlier. And it was like, so personally, my experience of it and then the arpeggiator on top of it which again, we see later. Um, and I just love Old Man's Boat. Um, and it, you may have a special guest soon. I'll let you, you'll see him if he pops up. He's kind of, he's peeking over here now, but he, All right. he told mommy, I don't know if I want to do that yet, but yeah, I loved it, man. It was the perfect placement too. Love it. Love it. Neil, this boat? Yeah, not much more that can be said about this boat. Uh, it's a killer boat and one that I will go back and listen to, which is not something I would find myself saying about boat, like ever. Um, but you know, that, that jam that is kind of on the tail end of, of boat is always good and kind of spicing it up a little bit really has done this song justice. And I think will renew excitement about this song. I hope this isn't another long gap before we hear this again, but I do like what they're doing with their, of the arpeggiator and, and these jams that, you know, it showed up in, in creatures way back in Chicago, way back, yeah. um, showing up in this jam shows up later in the show it's something they are working on it's something they are playing with and i love it and keep slipping it into jams please yeah because it sounds great um and you know they're they're no kind of jam band techno acts or anything like that but like this is i don't know this is cool stuff and it is a way of adding a layer to a jam that you're not used to hearing that makes it even that much more exciting. So this is this is cool stuff. You know, now it's not only reserved for slow ready. You right. get this in other places. There we go. There we go. I, I think I saw at the edge of the frame there a special guest. Is he, is he there? He, he is right here on the floor with his dinosaur. James, do you want to say hi or are you good? Hi, James. Dinosaur? Hey, bud. No. <laughs> Thumbs up. You have a good time at the show last night? How many goose shows for James now? That was his third. So residence will be his fourth and fifth. His first two were the Legend Valley. We got family shirts made nice. for Valley last summer. My 44th birthday. And happy early birthday to Jeff. We're birthday buddies by like uh, 19 days apart is all. Yeah. We were born 19 days apart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go. His first show had a lot of uh, Jotty contenders there. Or his first two shows, June 10th and 11th last year. Those were good shows. Oh, yeah. James Morosky, everybody. James, there <laughs> Special is. guest for today. It sounds like James needs to get pinned on Saturday for his fifth show. We've got to get this kid his wings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's continue on talking about this first set here. It closes out with The Hunger Sight into Rosalie McFall. Really unexpected uh, song placement here. I had no idea that Goose had even played it before. Um, but, you know, this was really cool to hear. Um, this Hunger Sight also gets a little bit of a jam um interesting improv uh you know a little little flow down action in the middle there flow down jamming um but it, it was weird to see this pop up uh late set you know also would have expected this song to be um you know played at the at the fe one of the festivals this weekend which still could happen at resonance um but i think it was ryan molnar who tweeted like oh like when you didn't pick hunger site and you realize that the the show is put on by a radio station like of course. <laughs> so uh, interesting to hear this late set, uh, but I, I, I thought the segment was a cool way to end off the first set. Uh, Mike, why don't yeah. you start us yeah. off on this one? Yeah. And, you know, as if the, the song, you, know, you saw me, I tweeted about it a couple of times. That's when I was out there with Lucas 
Um, they started playing that. And I was like, this is a wild placement for this song. Like, so song selection had been just so interesting. And then the placement was so spot on like with Old Man's Boat. And then the Hunger Sight seemingly came out. I was like, is this the last song of the set? Which would have made sense. And then they play. I grew up on the, uh, uh, on the Monroe's and, and Bluegrass and, and Heavy Metal. And that's where my weird musical preferences have come from, I guess. Uh, growing up on the foot of the Appalachian Mountains right near Atlanta. It's a lot of different music, right? And so to hear like my favorite, current favorite jam band play one of these old songs that I love so much. I see like Billy Strings play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. that they've only played once. I was like, what is going on with this set? Uh, I just thought it was so cool. It was so random. It was a totally random way, in my opinion. And then they started the second set with one of the most quintessential second set opener. And we're like, we're back in and then we vibed it out. But we'll wait till we get to there. So just really cool yeah. way in retrospect. It was cool then, but even in retrospect, cooler, if that makes sense. It's amazing. Jeff. Yeah, I, but I was also surprised by Hunger Sight, but I mean, you should never be surprised by Goose playing Hunger Sight because if they play it every other night, I mean, that's their prerogative. It's the big radio hit and it's a big radio hit for a reason. You know, it's a great song. And uh, and I mean, they they swing and they can't miss with Hunger Sight this year. It's a great jam every time. And this one was different. It was really mellow. Uh, you know, it, instead of launching out of the gates, Rick just kind of sat down and yeah, he sort of sat back and just played these little, you know, jangly melodies that just sort of added a little bit of texture to the sounds and just sort of let the band take off and do their thing. Uh, you know, if, if I recall, uh, you know, Jeff was having fun with his hand claps at some point. Yes, he was. <laughs> which I, I like those. Uh, and, and is it the timbales are the, the really, really loud things that are like, attack 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 uh, yes exactly yeah, yeah yeah so yeah th- those were bouncing in there sometimes and trevor y- you can't hear it on the webcast uh, like i listened to or, or even on this even on the band camp and nugs recording you can't really hear this but this was the first time in the night that trevor was just you know kind of like deep impact the whole way through and uh and just doing like really really cool stuff like digging downward it sounded good I, I also thought it was going into flow down, but I, I figured that they were messing with us just because it was a weird kind of night. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they ended up messing with us. You know, I, I was telling the people around me, I was like, don't believe it. It's not flow down. It's flow down fake out. I never would have guessed in a million years that they would go into what they did end up going into instead. But I, I figured they were just messing with us. Yeah, it, it was it was a really interesting vibe uh, as we got in. You know, Neil and I were, were texting like, do we tweet the flow down? Is this flow down? You know what, what's happening here? You know, like, and, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was really interesting. Uh, yeah, came to play. Unique is scary. Hopefully, they'll get back to the Cali magic, turbulence, Doctor Darkness. Everything must go. Float on the we all know and love. <laughs> do it. Do it. Thank you for that, Matt. Speedy's next show. They'll do that one there. Oh, 100 percent. You know what? What did you think of this this segment? Um, I, I think the interesting thing to note is when they did not put down their instruments and walk off the stage before hunger sight began. We were all surprised because that would have been enough of a set to be a set. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't need that hunger sight. And we were like, Whoa, they might be buying into the second set here, depending on what happens. So like we talked about clock, and depending on earlier. length of set break. Yeah, exactly. And so we were surprised. I was surprised to see the hunger sight or to hear the hunger sight. So that was interesting. And then you never know what you're going to get with Hunger Sight these days. It can really be drawn out. But that was a really cool jam. I mean, Hunger Sight is, is one of the big bangers right now in terms of jams and in terms of like the song itself. So they love to play it. You get it every third show pretty much now. Um, or, you know, three shows in between. So every fourth show. And uh, yeah, so that part was cool. And then the transition into what ended up being Rosalie McFall was really fascinating and i think was awesome i thought it was great that they were teasing flowdown and at that point i was like if they actually play flowdown right now the, the wheels have completely fallen off the wagon there will be no encore there will be like the smallest second set ever right and, and that's not what ended up happening and then i guess the one other thing that i want to note about this i was live tweeting the set list for the first set last night um and then part of the second but um i they started playing rosalie mcfall immediately knew what it was 
had no memory of how to spell Rosalie McFall. I was like, <laughs> is it Rosa Lee? Is it Rosa? Like, I mean, I, so I'm like, I'm Googling it trying to figure out like, how do I spell this the right way? Because it's like, I'm, I'm bound to fuck seems, this up. It seems Somebody's to have both. On it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is both. And I, I think that, you know, it's one of those traditional songs that I think can be done different ways. But yeah, that's what was happening to me in that moment. I was sweating bullets. I was like, no matter what I do here, because it's a traditional song, Someone's I'm going to do it wrong. wrong and people are going to freak out. I don't know if that really happened in the end, but no, I, I mean, I knew the song right away um, just from, you know, the Grateful Dead playing it. And um, it's uh, what a cool treat. And it's only been done once before. And it's a killer song, too. It's just 300 and 319 show bust out. You know, that's that's got to be one of the biggest bust outs in Goose history up until now. You know, I, I don't I don't have the stats handy for what what the other biggest ones but i feel like that is the biggest one up to this point maybe it, it, i mean, it, mean it, they've it, only played it once yeah. so like to even call it a bust out is weird because it's like well, not it even is, part because of their it's the last time you know played I mean? it yeah but it's still yeah. you know you play a song once and then you play it again 10 years later that's a that's a show gap right and so 319 yeah, sure. shows is pretty huge and this is also you know there there are some i believe that may have been like hard to handle was noted on the site as like 400 and something but hard to handle in january was noted as like a 400 and something but that goes back to 2017 when we're missing a ton of set lists and so we don't know what the accurate number is but but august 2019 you know we have accurate information going forward from there at least um and so we can say this is this is one of the biggest uh it's one of the biggest bust outs in goose history 318 319 whatever you want to call it what a way to put an exclamation point on that set I mean, that, I, I don't know if this is really true, but I have this theory that whenever they're in the Columbus market, they like to play a Grateful Dead song and maybe something that they haven't done there before. So I, I don't know how true this is or how far back it goes. But if you go back to Legend Valley last year, there was uh, it, uh, the half step. They did half step. The year before that, there was the Broke Down Palace debut. Uh, I and then I believe the year before that there was a Peggio in Columbus also. Um, mm. So yeah, it, it, or, or maybe that was in 2019. You know, did, did they do anything at the drive-in show at, at Legend Valley in 2020? Grateful Dead? I don't know. Um, maybe, but yeah. they did Danger Zone at that show. I know that. I mean, that's okay. Um, too, right? Well, let's uh, let, let's talk about uh, you know let, let's or. Quick, quick set break update here. Uh, you know, what, what were you guys feeling? Jeff, you go first. Vibe at set break. Expectations for set two. Yeah, I mean, it was only about a 20-minute break, so I just spent my time looking to see if there were any posters left. There weren't. Uh, and then I got some, uh, you know, some water and a Red Bull to wake up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and then posted back to the spot and just kind of, chatted with folks you know took in the venue a little bit uh, it, it's a cool room something i'll call out about this place is it's an indoor outdoor venue where there we saw a show at the outdoor venue that can hold around five thousand people but the stage is actually reversible and on the back of the stage is attached to a building and on the other side of the stage from the outdoor venue is the indoor venue so the band stays on stands on the same stage for indoor shows as they do for outdoor shows, but they just face a different direction, either mm. in the room or out from the room. And it, 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 it was pretty cool checking this place out because I saw the show in, uh, in Pittsburgh at Stage AE back in February of 2022. And it's the same type of venue built by the same developer even, I think. And there I got to see an indoor show and I was really happy to finally get to check one of these outdoor shows out. Uh, you know, it, it's a cool concept for a room, especially a downtown room and, you know, like a big mixed entertainment sports industrial complex area. It, it was cool. You know, I'd kind of like to see more of these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Mike, what about you? How are you feeling at set break? It was great, man. Um, I just saw a bunch of people I wanted to see, like ran into Sean uh, McVeigh and came on the lawn, and then uh, our buddy Nate, Nate Cov on uh, Twitter. Uh, he lives right across the, the river in Covington. Um, he was up there with his daughter, and so they came up and hung out. She had her eyes on Katie's uh, little goose day, every day's goose day slap, just a rainbow, because she loves rainbows. So we gave her copious amounts of those. Nice. Um, so it was fun just like catching up with people to say hi. I didn't get to see Jeff, but I know I'll see Jeff soon. Um, and we got to dance a couple sets at the Ryman, so that was cool. Um, 
But uh, no, yeah, the vibe was good. And also of note, this venue that Jeff was talking about, that this style of venue, um, right across the river from where Andrew Brady is, where Goose did New Year's, mm-hmm. um, they concurrently in Newport, uh, on the other side from Covington, built one of these type of venues um, that's had, um, doesn't get quite as big access, not as big as the one in Columbus, but same concept and same developer. Um, it is, it's an interesting, interesting model. The Brady in Cincinnati very, is really Very cool. cool. Yeah. Very cool concept. I love it. Let's dive into the second set here. Lots to talk about. Of course, uh, opening up, we've got Into the Mist, Into Arcadia. Great way to open uh, the second set. Mike, kick us yeah. off here. There's two of my favorite songs. Arcadia's Like Jive 2, one of my first favorite Goose songs. Like I jokingly tweeted last night, it's always it's always the jam of the year. Whenever, like, whenever they play Arcadia, like, like Hunger Sight now. You know, Hunger Sight is the new Arcadia. or you know, I don't, Every time it's played, it's awesome. Um, and, uh, it always, it always knocks me down. Uh, the one at New Year's, I literally, it did literally knock me down and I had to like go take a break. <laughs> <too> <laughs> um, and so it always makes me really happy. And Katie and James left at that point. James was ready to go to the hotel and that's cool. You know, he's got a long weekend ahead of him. And as y'all know, I think, uh, he's been to a lot of shows this summer. He's a real trooper. So Katie oh, yeah. and went and then, uh, left me in the, in the care of Sean McVay. And, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, 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 uh, vibed out hard the second set and that was a great way to kick it off and katie was like oh gee i hate this good exit music if you have to leave and listen to something on the way out katie was happy to have that be the exit song it was beautiful and it went hard it went pretty good yeah it was great jeff uh i was really happy to hear mist i've had it in my fantasy picks for a few shows running now and you know to the point where i was getting ready to take it off if they didn't play it last night um but- <laughs> You know, was was happy to hear it uh, and, you know, was excited for the Miss Jam. Didn't get that, but never going to argue with an Arcadia, no matter where you want to slap it in. And I mean, it, it was a good version. It was a solid version. Wasn't expecting to hear it. Same as Hunger Sight, but being a radio station show, once again, not surprised to hear both of those, you know, like mega big hit bangers come in with all the obscurities, you know. Hundred percent, yeah. Un- unfortunately for uh, you know lovers of finished mists, which is everybody, uh, you know another unfinished mist, which we've been seeing a lot of recently. Um, you know they they've been enjoying this kind of like instead of you know going into the jam and then leaving it unfinished, which they did a bunch last year, just kind of spacing out for a couple of minutes. You know that's kind of that's how the dragonfly happened in the Warfield yeah, in April, so which was so cool. Um, but last night, you know, you get a couple of minutes of space before it kind of forms into arcadia jeff going wild on those samples again just like all sorts of different sounds uh but you know this was a great arcadia as well you know kind of that that metersy vibe or the tribute to gold kind of vibe not a tease but the vibe clav tweet neil over to you on these first two songs of the second set yeah you know i was thinking about it at set break and i was like there there really only can be two songs that can happen here it's either going to be wisteria lane or it's going to be into the mist. So I, I mean, I I knew it right away. The second those like first couple notes hit, I was like, okay, so it's into the mist. Uh, and again, keeping with the theme of really long bust outs, I forget how many it was uh, since it was last played. I think it was like a twelve since or something like since that. the Warfield, yeah, thirteen shows, thirteen or twelve. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And then Arcadia was a real surprise because that one one was short rest. And two, I thought for sure they were going to be playing that at Peach because they love playing Arcadia at Best Sets. Mm-hmm. So I did not see that one coming at all. Always good. This one had a little extra flavor to it, as you said, where it's got that kind of that weird disco funk thing going on that, like, I don't even know what you want to call it. But Awesome. I it call cool. it awesome. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Some people were saying it was the greatest Arcadia of all time. I think some <laughs> people were just caught up in the moment. I uh, don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but, uh, you know, I agree with their enthusiasm. That was super fun. Yeah. And I think during that kind of weird disco funk arcade, it was one of the parts of the show where Jeff was doing the stuff I like most with his hand claps, where instead of just kind of hitting out like a bang, 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 bang rhythm on the hand claps, he kind of does like a little glitchy thing, almost like you hear at the beginning of the Nash Cakes from 2022. Mm. Uh, like, I, I, I really like it when he kind of does these weird little like techno glitch music things with the hand claps where they kind of like, tch, tch, 
it, it, you know, that, that, that's way cooler than just, you know, trying to get everybody clapping and, right. and, you know, which doesn't always work well with jam band fans. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Neil, just to, just to let you know, in case you're not reading the chat, everybody is pleased with no, your I'm choice of the room chat. today and, and no bathroom. Yeah. Second set, the meat of the second set, if you will. We've got the Rosewood into Dripfield. Um, I mean, what a segment. This Rosewood is all about Ben Atkin. This is a drumming clinic, you know, just, just attacking his toms. You know, he, he, um, there, there's a switch on a snare drum where you can, like, you know, make it sound like a snare or make it sound more like a tom. Uh, and so he, you know, he put it in kind of tommy mode. And it was just, it was, it was rhythmic. It was amazing. Um, and you know, Peter on, on the piano and on the, the, the marimba and all sorts of different textures, but th this jam is awesome. Probably the, the thing from the show that'll make uh, my playlist. Um, and then Dripfield is always awesome. You know, a nice 15 minute version, uh, loved the Arkansas traveler tease from, uh, Rick and Peter in there. That was funny when we were freaking out, like what, like, I, I know that song, I know what it is. And you know, like I, I was brought up when I was really little, my dad would play Garcia and Grisman, not for kids only all the time. Uh, and so I, I like, so I, I, you know, I, I was like, that's what that is. Like, of course, I love that song. Uh, you know, I texted my dad who wasn't watching with me last night and he was like, like Arkansas traveler, like that one, like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, but this was a great segment. Uh, you know, Jeff or actually Neil, you know, I feel like we keep getting to you after everything's been said and there's so much being said. Uh, hey man, you know, I'm just, I'm just here for, for the input. Uh, no, I, mean, I this, this was, uh, I mean, this is the meat of the set, as you put it. I don't know if I actually have much to say about this other than I, I really like the places that this Rosewood goes. I really missed Rosewood. And yeah. I might say something controversial. Like, it, it felt like the song did show a little rust when they were playing the song. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't feel, like, super perfectly executed. But when they got to the jam section, it was like, putting on an old boot i mean it, it was perfect and it, yeah it just sounded really really good yeah you know you just like lacing up an old boot um mm -hmm. so i don't know is that a weird turn of phrase in any no. case it, <laughs> I'm was, just being it was nice and like that's one of those jams that like i will put on like if i just want to like chill and just listen to some nice dreamy music that's going to have me floating away a little bit and yeah you've already said it the way it kind of melts into what becomes drip field is amazing mm -hmm. and that i feel we already talked about it, it has like that arpeggiator jam in the beginning and then it's got um, that little ditty in there which is just yet another nice treat in this show there are all these kind of like little earworms in this show that popped up in different places like it popped up in arcadia um it popped up in well i guess here as well and i'm kind of blanking at the third place i was trying to think of but it definitely did and uh yeah, man. All good stuff. Love it. Love it. Jeff, these two songs for you. Uh, so Rosewood is the song I went into wanting to see last night. You know, that that, that was the one I was hoping for. So, you know, th the second they went into that space before even starting the song, I, I knew it was on and it, it, it was a good Rosewood. Uh, you know, Neil, I might agree with your controversial take there a little bit in that, uh, you know, I've seen Rosewoods and heard Rosewoods that are more transcendent than that one was during the song portion itself. I don't think there was anything bad with it. They weren't like messing it up. It just didn't hit those heights that the song sometimes can during the song itself. Right. Uh, but yeah, the, this Rosewood was all about the jam and it reminded me a lot of some of the fall 21 Rosewood jams where it was just, you know, like Ryan, like you mentioned, Ben just went off and and ran this kind of tribal drums clinic and let the band spiral around it with ideas that they were coming up with. And, uh, you know, I think my favorite of those ideas was when Peter was on his vibes, probably not intentionally, but perhaps intentionally teasing the Donna Lewis 80s classic, uh, I Love You, Always mm. Forever. So you may know that song. It's like, I love you always forever. Da, 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 da. Here, I'll play you a second of it. Oh, Can you hear this? I want, I want to ask Peter about yeah. this now. <laughs> um, 
right. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess based on the fact that he didn't include it in the Bandcamp notes that it wasn't yeah. intentional. But I definitely want to ask him about it. Yeah, I, like I wouldn't be surprised if he had no idea what he was even teasing. But as he was playing it, he was like, "This is familiar." Like, like and, and then he didn't shy away from it. He kind of like doubled down on it and went harder and harder on it and took it for a couple minutes worth of laps at any rate you know big thanks to blaze of shame on twitter for helping me earlier today figure out what song that was because that's been earworming me ever since the show uh and 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 that was kind of the last part of the jam i think you know that, that was the second half of the rosewood jam before they went into the drip transition and you know something really cool about this drip transition is you know, I, I've really been enjoying what uh, you know, what Rick's been doing with his delay pedals and reverse delay when he gets down yeah. on his knees and just plays with his pedal boards. And he did that for a few minutes last night during the lead up into Drip out of this Rosewood. And it was to great effect. It was really cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, Drip, every time you see that live, it's it's the best Goose song that there is when you see it live. Uh, you know, and last night was no different. It's always great. You know, Felt longer than it was. Cool little jam. Uh, you know, did a few different things. And, you know, towards the end of that jam, the, yeah, the arpeggiator came back yet again. Love it. And, and then it moved into Slow Ready, which is the arpeggiator song. So it was kind of like, you know, it was like the arpeggiator trio jam. The, the final part of the trio was the arpeggiator song. It, it, this surely wasn't intentional and just stuff that happened, but it was really cool. Love it. Mike, your thoughts uh, on, I guess, Rosewood Dripfield Slow Ready. Give it to us. Yeah, so it's my favorite segment. Um, three of my favorite tunes. Um, big team slow guy. Uh, uh, again, played at New Year's, and it was perfectly placed um, so I could sit down and take a break uh, and just kind of <laughs> uh, chill a little bit before we carried on the rest of the show. So um, I love all three of the tunes. And I, like I said um, earlier when we were chatting before, um, I think I said it on Twitter that uh, live, the drip field uh, was my favorite, or I think I might even said it already on this, but um, listening back, the Rosewood jam, um, I hear what everybody's saying about the Rosewood itself. It was, it was fine. It was a good core part of the song, but the jam was really good. And what I liked about it and what I like about Goose and what I like about Fish and bands that I really, really like, Peter Gabriel, I could list and list and list, is they're, they're patient. They're not afraid to be patient. The jam was... This, and you described it as like sort of Ben, and I like that Jeff sort of, you know, letting people circle around Ben. But that for me, it was it's the patience they have. It's something as a songwriter and a band leader, I try to work on and get better at because I get really excited like they do. Or like Trace, certainly. <laughs> I can't calm down. Right. Um, but like and but when they get patient with it, it's just awesome. And uh, you're talking about just put it on, uh, you know, and chill if you just need something to chill to. It was really, really patient. And I like when they do that. And then coming out of that with uh, the story, you know, playing with the pedals and everything in a drip field. I hate to keep doing the comparisons, but it's hard not to for me. Uh, it reminds me a lot uh, of, again, Trey in the late 90s when he started playing around with stuff, moving his guitar around like a lightsaber and being silly and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cool as hell. Uh, I remember when he started doing the delay. First time I heard it in Cleveland, I thought that a fire alarm was going off. It's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and so last night I thought of that, you know, Trey or <laughs> Rick's down there. But it's got a cool effect. It's got a really cool. Uh, yeah, like it, like kind of like comes at you with this yeah. very high pitched thing. It's like he does it in butterflies too, which yeah, you heard that in a while. I'd be okay with that. I haven't heard that in a while. Well, they're probably doing a while. Well, they did Legend Valley last year was the bust out. Um, anyhow, uh, so that was great. And then Slow Ready, what a cool way to end the show. I thought, um, and I thought maybe they might have done a, a non core, and then when they stopped, I was like, all right, fifteen minutes. And then when they start, well, I'm, now. I'm just they started telling us like, oh, so be a perfect tight boom, for it. and it yeah. was perfect. Uh, it was the, it's probably my favorite Goose song. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, the tumble, the tumble encore was a nice exclamation mark. You know, I'm, I'm sure Neil is the most sad uh, that we will not be getting a peach tumble this year. Uh, you know, as as yeah. the the peach tumble guy from last year. You know, like it, it's it was it was heartbreaking to get that last night. You know, I I needed the fantasy points, um, but I, I was sad not be getting tumble uh tomorrow at peach uh but this was a great exclamation point on an uh amazing show jeff you got anything to add on this tumble before we wrap up i mean just what a great encore you know mike 
mentioned it's his favorite goose song and you know there's so many people who can say the same and it's just always a great song and it yeah i mean it's a nice exclamation point quick little fiery jam and you know it it just it fit that show and fit that spot really well um and uh you, you were mentioning peach tomorrow and i can i say a couple things about peach tomorrow that absolutely all, i'm excited to see two of you gentlemen at peach tomorrow plus anybody else who's going to yes. be there because i'm going also but uh you know tomorrow is also my birthday the pod has been known to get results this is a really long pod there's probably no one listening anymore but... oh there are oh sweet there are. Yeah, we've got 25 people, people on right now uh, we're right. so into yeah. we're interesting jeff you know get used to it you know we're interesting High quality guests. Apparently. Right. So, yeah. so for the 25 people that are listening or anybody who listens later, you know, I, I'm not really one to make requests. I just throw things out into the void and see what happens. But, you know, tomorrow's my birthday. 726 is my favorite goose song by far. And, uh, you know, I also really like lead up a lot too, but Lucas is going to be at resonance and he won't be at peach. So, you know, if lead up is going to be played tomorrow, maybe play it Saturday night at resonance too. Because, oh, you know. all right. All right. Let's, let's not be picked here. <laughs> I, I, I'm look, I'm looking out for, for Lucas here, but, but, but anyway, you know, seven, two, six is such a great song and just uh, imagine the power and majesty of a song so big in a venue, so big with so many people, you know, just, you wanna, real, yeah. real quick. Can I, can I, can I, can I close a loop on something right now that always yes. in my brain? Close the the crazy thing about all this is Jeff is not incorrect about anything he said about 726, and it's his birthday tomorrow. What is wild is 726, July 26th, is my wife's birthday. And so when I first heard that song and the association it had with me of the love, and, all, and, then, and, that, and then I learned what the name of it was, and I got, I was like, oh, 726. I was like, oh, my God, it's my wife's birthday. So anyway, there's a crazy, I just wanted to close that loop. Pretty cool. What if the song is about your wife? It might, you know, and that's cool with me. If she's got, <laughs> you know, I want to jam. I want to get on. Look, I got songs. I got good songs. If we're putting requests into the ether now, Ryan, I'm Mike Morosky. I got a couple records. There you <laughs> well, go. So I have my guitar. At I, sit- I can hop up with with the band. I'll have my guitar. <laughs> Let's yeah, do it. And, I, and I'll yeah. sit on Moby tomorrow. Neil, what, what were you going to say? <laughs> yeah. No, I think the right way to to do this to to kind of put it out into the world is to kind of talk about how it's been a shame that it hasn't been played in so long. Yeah. So the right way to do this yeah. is say, it's been 16 shows since they played 726. That is a crime and it needs to be played. There you go. Um, I that, think we that's can how you also do it. say, yeah, you know, it's been two years almost since they've played Lily's Tiger. Oh, please. So, uh, let's solve that problem too. Let's solve that problem at Peach um, because it's just not fair to the community that loves this band so much. To, to be deprived of a Lily's Tiger for two years. Amen. Uh, and my third Lily's Tiger at that. Um, okay, Mr. Yeah, man, 100%. There's still some songs out there in, in, that need to be played. And I just, I gotta, I gotta say a few of them right now. Like, it's been 18 shows since they played Doc Brown. It's been 17 shows, 17 since they, they've played Wisteria Lane. That doesn't even seem possible. It was like, I don't even know how that's possible. Night. But whoever gets it this weekend, whether it's the folks at Peach or the folks at Resonance, uh, man, you're lucky because I feel like it's going to it's going to come out in the next three days and it's going to be an absolute scorcher. And I'm psyched for you if you're going to see it. I'm psyched for myself if I'm lucky enough to see it. The crazy thing about the the crazy thing about the Wisteria Gap to me is I think of like, you know, the early 2022 Wisteria Gap between San Francisco and D.C. being so long, but that's only 11 shows. This is 17 shows. Where is Wisteria? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like it's not fair. It, it, it's waiting to tear faces off skulls. I know. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen this weekend at some point. Uh, yeah. And I'm excited for it. I cannot wait uh, to see Goose tomorrow. First, I'm seeing Snarky Puppy tonight. It's kicking off a fantastic yeah. weekend. I cannot wait. Jeff and Neil, I will see you guys tomorrow. Mike, uh, safe travels up to Garrettsville. Have a lovely weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give Jeff a hug to give you. Yes. Just, just, just so you know, so we're on the same sure. page here. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll bring you enjoy. a lot here. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, everybody, have yourselves a fantastic day. Neil and I will be back live from somewhere at Peach uh, on Friday talking about tomorrow night's show. Let's see what happens.
That's it's something TBD um, where we will be broadcasting from. So don't forget, also, there is a Peach webcast available for all Nug subscribers. Resonance, unfortunately, is not being broadcast. But Peach is at 10, I believe, tomorrow. Don't, don't quote me on that. Check the, uh, the Peach schedule. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I cannot wait uh, to see Goose again. So thank you once again, Mike and Jeff. For Thank being you. on the pod today, this has been lovely. I love you know these lengthy episodes, getting really in, getting really into the meat of a show. It's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. and everybody. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Day After Show. Have a fantastic day, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs> Hey, music fans, we wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.